Welcome trainers to a journey down memory lane, where we play through each Pokemon generation and talk about our experiences. My name is Chris, I'm the normal trainer and mechanic expert. My name is Sean, I'm the Pokemon master and battle specialist. And my name is Dustin, I'm the Pokemon hunter and lore researcher. And we are the Trainer Trio. Welcome back to our podcast, thank you for joining me, uh, Dustin and Sean. How are you guys feeling? better before you said that (laughs) (laughs) we have a very special episode today we are in uh dustin and sean's basement here uh recording (laughs) in our basement is a garage get it right (laughs) it was the one place where we lost the yellow cartridge and we tried to find it but we couldn't yeah we went on an adventure and never found it Luckily, you have your best friend in the world, Chris Collins, here, who provided you a cartridge of Pokemon Red, and I am playing the Pokemon Blue cartridge. Dustin, on the other hand, was impatient and downloaded an emulator, so that is how he is playing. Well, you know, Chris, I didn't have the time to buy a device and try and find an actual cartridge, so I'm playing just the only way I can. You didn't have time to ask Chris for the cartridge. You have an extra cartridge? I do have an extra cartridge, however, I I have two Game Boy Colors. I'm playing on a Game Boy Color, but my other Game Boy Color, for some reason, is not loading games. It turns on and it doesn't load anything, so I would have been unable to provide you uh, a means of playing that game. Well, that's good. I already downloaded (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> so let's uh let's jump into the game here uh last episode we decided that my starter pokemon would be charmander sean's would be squirtle dustin is locked into pikachu of course because he's playing yellow so you got to boot up the game and the first thing you get to do is name you and your rival so uh let's see what we named each other i'll start first i named my character big c <laughs> that is my Pokemaster in this game. Who's next? Dustin, you go. You're a little more appropriate. What did you name your I character? Mean, I'm very basic. You guys could probably guess I named my character Yellow because it's the game I'm playing. And then my rival is Blue. Wow. Okay. Just to make sure everyone has this noted, Chris is Blue playing on the Blue cartridge. Mm-hmm. So Dustin just um, confirmed that Chris is his real rival and not me. I'll pretend like that didn't hurt, but um, I named myself, I was kind of basic, but I named myself Sean, and then I also named my rival Chris. Oh, I named my rival Poo Poo. I like how we went from the most unrealistic to slightly more to just basically real names. (laughs) Uh, Well, you have to do it because Professor Oak says... What's my grandson's name again? Oh, yes, it's Poo Poo. It's yeah. the funniest thing you can do. We won't question Chris anymore. <laughs> we'll let him live in his own <laughs> fantasy. All right, so we have Big C, we have Yellow, and we have Sean. What good diversity we have there. Our adventure starts in Pallet Town. So after you go through the initial tutorial, you're in your own home. Did any of you guys check to uh, view the TV and see what was playing on the TV? Was it the NES? Uh, I think it's uh, Super Nintendo. Yeah, I the wrote SNES, right? Yes, the SNES is plugged yes. into your TV, but if you actually go to the TV, it gives a description of a movie. So you guys didn't do that? Oh, was it the, the kids on the railroad, right? Yeah, do you know what movie that is? No, I did not. It's a reference to Stand By Me. I don't know what that is. I believe it's a um, Steven Spielberg movie. I thought that was really cute. Like, it had a reference to a real-world movie, which I don't know if these games do that nowadays, like Gen 8, Gen 9, all that stuff, but I thought that was interesting. 
I completely missed the TV. I was so excited about <laughs> Pikachu that I just had to get as soon as possible. Yeah, that's uh, th- that's kind of also what I want to do while playing through these games is normally I like to rush through them and just do what I know. And it's actually kind of interesting to slow down and uh, see what they programmed into the game, especially back in the 90s. I love how we just had completely opposite play styles for the first gym. Because <laughs> at least when my idea was just like, all right, I got to finish this first gym so I could start talking about it on the podcast. I just, um, I'll have a general question. I know we'll go more into this, but just for everyone uh, right now, how long did it take for you guys to complete the first gym? Because I have my game right now, so I'll look how long it took me. So right now I'm saving, but I had it open for a little bit. But if I save right now, I had an hour and 30 minutes of um, game time into going to the first gym. I have mine in front of me as well. Mine says an hour and 43, but also I went a little past the first gym <gasps> and I know, sacrilegious. And I also occasionally had the game sitting idle for, you know, a couple minutes here and there as I wrote down notes. So probably I would say about an hour and a half is what it took me. And for me, I have an hour and 23 minutes, but that's also, I did go and fight a couple trainers after the first gym. So next time I'll stop right at the gym. Adds up that Dustin rushed through the first portion. (laughs) I would say it probably took me one hour to complete. With the Pikachu, not a Squirtle that someone has. Whoa, whoa, whoa. See, and I thought I would be completely blowing everyone out of the water with an hour and a half, but it sounds like that's the general (laughs) consensus. Mine's like 30 minutes faster, we'll say, but... Well then, Dustin, I guess I should have named you my rival instead of Chris. (laughs) (laughs) The game obviously gets started, uh, you leave your house, you can walk around and do random stuff. I believe your mom says that people are waiting for you at Professor Oak's lab, and to really get the game started, you have to go into the wild grass, and they say, whoa, wait, you need your Pokemon, you go back Mm -hmm. to Professor Oak's, uh, your rival then, in my case, Poo-Poo, went and visited me at Professor Oaks where you got to pick your starter. Uh, it was already established that I got Charmander and I nicknamed my Charmander Char-Char. Char-Char! <laughs> That's a good nickname. Um, Dustin, did you nickname your Pikachu? I mean, if you could tell from the name of my character, Yellow, his name is Pikachu. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very creative name. I don't know how you came up with that. I will say I did nickname my Squirtle as well. I nicknamed him Blue, B-L-U, though, because Ooh. he's unique. And so I think this is a good point for another question, just in the general playthrough. Because I know I'm the type of person where if I, when I'm playing a Pokemon game, if I catch a Pokemon that I know I want in my main team, I'm going to give him a nickname. It could be very stupid, very not even a lot of thought going into it, but like I like having the Pokemon in my party having a nickname. So I'll just open up to um, Dustin and Chris. Generally, when you play, do you nickname your Pokemon, or is that just if it's your favorite Pokemon? If it's on my team, I do generally nickname it. I want to say in the norm- uh, in the newer games, I also nickname about all of them. And that actually is kind of bad because what I'm learning in the newer games is that if you nickname all your Pokemon, you don't know what they're actually called anymore. <laughs> so I actually don't know a lot of newer Pokemon. But yes, especially in the older generations, I will be nicknaming all of them just for the fun of it. For me to prevent that issue, I don't nickname any of my Pokemon. <laughs> I'm like the completionist. So I like to basically see like, all right, I got all my Pokemon. I got all their names down and just like keep it. in I guess vanilla is what you would call it. And see, that's the basis of why I asked that question, because I've known, just living with Dustin, that he never nicknames his Pokemon, but I always do. So that's why I had to bring that up, so everyone knows where we're coming from. 
So my Pokemon will be nicknamed. I'm going to assume Sean's will be as well, and Dustin's will not be. (laughs) (laughs) I'll throw one screwball in there, maybe in the future, but not in this first generation. After you get your first Pokemon, if you try and walk away, your rival is going to challenge you to a battle. Let's see, did all of you guys win your rival fights? I won my rival first try. I mean, there's no way you could lose the first one, right, Chris? I did win, yes, okay. I won. <laughs> there is a way you could totally lose if uh, you get to unfair critical hits against you. Um, also pretty good there because you get enough experience to level up to level 6, and it really kind of helps jumpstart your Pokemon there. And I guess for me, since I'm playing Pokemon Yellow, obviously my star Pokemon's Pikachu, and then my rival's is Eevee. And mm. I actually never knew that when I played it, I forgot, because it's been so long since I've played Yellow. So then when... Pokemon um, Let's Go Eevee and Pikachu came out, I was like, why is there Eevee too? I know Pikachu is from Yellow. So at least now it makes sense to me, which I feel bad since I'm the oldest and I've played this first. <laughs> Just reliving it, it's reminding me of a lot now. Very random and probably later in the playthrough. So Dustin, since you are playing Pokemon Yellow, do you know you have the availability to get all the other three starters throughout your gameplay? No, I do not remember that. Well, so there's, I don't remember specifics, but I know there's certain NPCs in the game that you could talk to to get all the other starters. I'm just thinking for this run specifically, you should probably limit your starter to Bulbasaur <laughs> if you get another one, because you have the um, the unique situation where you do have the opportunity to get all three of the other ones. And like I said, I, I don't remember. I, I think there's specific things you have to do before you speak to these NPCs. But I just thought it'd be a good point to mention that and maybe limit you to only Bulbasaur. I think when we start playing against each other, I'll probably keep him out of it because we should just have one starter Pokemon in this case. So I feel that would be cheating just a little bit, especially when we start battling each other. And I can't remember what the conditions are, but it's not like you go to the NPC and just automatically get this starter Pokemon. There needs to be conditions met, whether it's friendship or something else. I forget what exactly it is, but yes, you do have access to all three. Do you also know how the evolution's going to work for Eevee and your rival? I actually have no idea. I forgot it. So I think we should wait until Dustin experiences it firsthand, and then maybe we'll do the research later to see what Dustin's conditions were that ended up having his rival evolve his Eevee into whatever evolution it is. That sounds good. I like mysteries. I hope it's a leafy on. Shut up, Chris. Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, there's also one other thing you could do at your house. Did you guys withdraw the potion from your PC that's sitting there? Oh, yes, of course. It's the most important item you'll get in the game. That potion. I did too. Oh, there's no fooling you guys. You guys are good at that. I did as well. I got the potion. That's on my notes. Got the potion and then uh, went on my way with uh, going on to Route 1. Just side note right now, all of the music in the beginning of these Pokemon games is so iconic, whether it's the Pallet Town theme, the Route 1 theme, uh, Viridian City, or uh, Viridian Forest. There's just every single track that they played was so iconic. And I think that's like amazing that that's like burned into my brain 20 something years after I first played the games. That's true. That's like, for me, I may have forgotten quite a bit about Pokemon Yellow, but that's just the one thing that I'll always remember is the songs. Yes, the soundtrack is amazing. And I think at this point, I don't mean to um, cut off your steam, Chris, but since we're at Route 1, 
does everyone remember what their first encounter was during this playthrough? Because I put a specific note of saying this was the first Pokemon I encountered in this run. Uh, I know you could probably only encounter Pidgey and Rattata in the first, in Route 1. I think it was a Rattata first. What about, uh, what about you guys? Um, for me, it was a Pidgey, and I usually do like to add a Pidgey to my party, but in this case, I killed in one hit. Oops. <laughs> so yeah. I did not get to add it to my party until much later. Oh, you had the Pikachu to, um, knock it out in one hit. I also, my first encounter was a Pidgey. I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun, because coming from, imagine if this was our first time ever playing Pokemon, it is just interesting to see this was your first interaction with a lot of Pokemon, to kind of set like your base work for the rest of the game, and what you're expecting to interact with. So difference between Gen 1 and I believe every other generation, I think Gust is a normal type move in Generation 1, and not a flying type move, so that it puts you at a little bit of a disadvantage compared to Spiro, which you can find a bit later on, which has Peck, which is a flying-type move. Uh, that's also why I did not want to pick up a Pidgey for this. Um, I did go through Route 1. I talked to one of the NPCs, which also gives you a potion, I think. And then one of them says, oh yeah, I work at the Pokemart. Like, and it name-drops the Pokemart, which I thought was really clever, because you have to go to the Pokemart to progress the game, because then you go there, and the attendant there gives you Oak's Parcel, which then you have to take back to Professor Oak to get your Pokedex. And I thought that was really clever. In a, in a world pre-internet, there has to be little hints to tell you what to do next, which I think most people back then would go into every single building, but they actually name-dropped the Pokemon saying, hey, I work there, maybe you should go there, and I thought that was very clever. Uh, so I got, uh, got Oak's parcel, went back, obviously we got the Pokedex. I thought it was also kind of funny how your rival then walks away and says hey like my sister has a town map totally don't get that so naturally the first thing i did was go to uh poo poo's house to get the town map <laughs> hopefully you guys did the same yes i went to chris's house <laughs> and got his town map <laughs> formerly known as poo poo <laughs> and of course i went to blue's house which is also chris in this context <laughs> So just to make sure the record's straight, both me and Dustin are considering Chris a rival here, <laughs> not each other. Does that make Chris equivalent to Poo Poo? <laughs> I think it does. Uh, that's a, that's everything I did initially. Uh, I, I think it's at that point, I'm already blanking. They don't give you free Pokeballs in this game, did they? You had to go after you got Oak's Parcel... And you went back to, um, what's the first the first town? Is Pallet Town and then the next one? Is Viridian. It Viridian. So, so you had to go back to the Viridian City um, Pokemart to buy your Pokeballs. I, but I feel like since we're talking about Pokeballs, what was everyone's first Pokemon capture? I, on Route 1, captured a Rattata, which I did add to my team initially. I called it Tata's. <laughs> I think you're setting a theme here. <laughs> uh, let's let someone else talk. Dustin, what did you catch? I mean, of course, you know, I did notice in the very beginning when you have the Pokeballs, because usually in my first encounter, I also always try and catch, like, every new Pokemon that I see. So when I couldn't catch that first Pidgey, I couldn't catch anything else until I got a Pidgey. So I had to go back, and now the Pidgey is one of my highest-leveled Pokemon. <laughs> 
we will eventually go into all our levels and all that. But I went from Viridian City to Route 22, where my first encounter was a Nidoran, but the female version, which I think was very interesting because that's a 5% encounter rate in my version of Red. And so I originally was going to that route because I wanted the male version of Nidoran because I knew that it was a higher encounter rate in Red than Blue. But just by chance, I got the female version. And so I was like, yeah, let's catch it. And so that was my first capture. I also went to Route 22 just to do some training. I have Charmander, so I knew if I needed to beat Brock, I needed to level up just a little bit. So I was using a Rattata on my team, which can only learn normal moves at the beginning, normal moves or physical moves. But uh, funny enough, I went to Route 22 and did a couple a couple battles there, or a little bit of training, and I found a male Nidoran, which in my game is a 5% encounter. So the second I saw that... I caught it, not really to add to my team or anything, but anytime you find an encounter that's 5% or less, you got to catch it. So uh, that, that, that's actually really funny that we both found the 5% version in each other's games. And so I just wanted to note that although I'm playing Pokemon Red and Chris is playing Pokemon Blue, we're playing it kind of like we have the opposite version because I started off with Squirtle and I have the female Nidoran, which is very common, you know, in Blue, and Chris... Here he started with the Charmander and has the male Nidoran, which, again, I say is very common in Pokemon Red. So we're just um, breaking the norm here. And I guess just talking, going a little bit back to Route 22, at least in Yellow, that's also where you encounter your rival again. Did you guys encounter your rival, and how did that battle go for you guys? I'll just jump in here because I was definitely going to ask that. Because that's definitely is an optional encounter in these games. You don't have to fight your rival a second time. And so when I did this, I will also, just because um, I mentioned that I nicknamed all my Pokemon, when I caught the female Nidoran, I named her Queenie because she's eventually going to... Hey, don't, don't laugh over there. <laughs> she's eventually going to become a Needle Queen if I keep her on my team. And then also, um, before I fought my rival, I caught my third and final Pokemon on my team for the first gym badge, which was a Sparrow, also in Route 22, which I named uh, Cranky, because in the anime, he was a very cranky Pokemon. But going back to Dustin's original question, I did fight um, the rival, and that was the first and only time I've had a Pokemon faint during the fight. Because um, going into it, I started off with my um, Sparrow and I kept on doing leers on, I don't remember which Pokemon um, the rival started with, but um, I believe I fainted the first Pokemon and then once when he threw in his um, Bulbasaur for me, I just kept on trying to do leers to try and get its defense down as low as possible. So once when I threw in um, my Squirtle or my um, my Queenie, my <laughs> Nidoran, hey, <laughs> <laughs> I could easily take it down, but that was my first and only time I had a Pokemon fate during this um, small run, But so I'll let you guys take off now. Yeah, I'm glad you guys mentioned that. That is an optional rival fight. If you don't choose to explore to the left, then you'll never fight, or it'll go away. I don't remember at what point, but I think it's if you beat the first gym leader and you go back there, it won't happen anymore. And obviously it's a really good early battle fight to do because you get a bunch of experience for it. I did beat my rival in this case. I didn't write down a whole lot of notes how I beat it, but at this point I had a Rattata, which learned Quick Attack, which is 
awesome. It's a 40 power move, which gets same type attack bonus. So it becomes a 60 power move that goes first every time. So I started spamming that and then my Char Char. With, I, I believe it learned Ember by that point. So I was able to, I was able to take down my rival pretty easily. Wow. And I guess for me, my experience was a little different. I did encounter Minky, which was my third Pokemon in my party before I encountered my rival. And in this case, I guess when I encountered my rival, I noticed all of his Pokemon were like two levels higher than me. Maybe it was because I was speeding through. I don't know how that was the case, but it was very difficult and got to my last Pokemon, which the Mankey that I just got ended up basically winning me the battle. But I was like so close to actually losing, which is a rare occurrence, at least for me from playing the new Pokemon. So I'm definitely thinking like, this older generation of Pokemon is a lot more difficult than I remember, at least. I'm sure we'll get more into the difficulty curve in the original Pokemon to so the newer ones as we continue. But just a couple, I guess one more note I want to say that I have specifically before we move on. We're just seeing the, the animation of throwing the Pokeball and capturing it was so nostalgic and just felt so satisfying that, like, I don't know, the newer ones... Uh, it just doesn't have that same feeling that it felt in these games. And that's a fun thing to mention, too, is that this is Generation 1 of Pokemon. They had to establish that good feeling of catching Pokemon in these locations and these sounds. And sometimes I think Generation 1 does not get enough credit for uh, the great Pokemon staples that have stayed around for forever. It has a lot of problems, don't get me wrong, but it also introduced a lot of great mechanics. And that was like one note I did have just on one of the mechanics that I noticed was that on some of the attacks when they hit you, the whole screen shakes too, which mm. I guess I never really realized that, especially like playing the newer Pokemon games, you don't really have camera shake. I know when I play any game, I usually turn that off immediately, so that is something I definitely noticed just while playing it. And talking about Viridian City, I thought this was really interesting. One is that if you go to the left, you go to the Pokemon League immediately, so I think that's also interesting because they must have done it that way because no one knows what a Pokemon League is. This is Gen 1, so they state, by the way, this is the end of the game. Come back here at the end. And then also, there's a gym there, but the man says it's empty. So I wonder wonder what that means. I, I guess we'll find out later in this podcast. <laughs> I don't know when, actually, but you know, I guess we will. Um, and then I had some um, just some general questions about how everyone does team building and specifically in this run because I'll just say to make it easier for um, everyone else talking about the subject that the way I team build, like I already mentioned, if I catch a Pokemon I think I want on my team, I'm going to give it a funny nickname. But the way I play a game, the Pokemon games, is I'll catch Pokemon that I think are cool and add them to my team, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to stay on my team for the entire run. I'm definitely the type of person who will have a different team throughout the entire run, just adding different Pokemon. And so I want to ask that question to um, both my other co-hosts of this podcast of how you guys, specifically in this game, decided how you want to team build and I guess just play it generally. You know, Gen 1 is an interesting one because there's a lot of weak Pokemon at the very beginning. So... I'm catching Pokemon that I want to catch, not necessarily if they want if I want them to be on my team, but like for the sense of adding Rattata to my team, 
I know just off the top of my head that Rattata learns Hyperfang pretty early on, which is a nice strong move. So in my mind, I say, you know what? This is a pretty weak Pokemon, but it's going to carry me through the early game. And as I encounter other cool Pokemon, uh, I'm going to add those. And also Pokemon, I don't, I try and use Pokemon. I don't tend to use. I'm sure you guys are the same. You've played through generation one a hundred times. We've all used an Alakazam. Like, let's see if we can use something a little more different. That's going to be my goal for team building in this, in this run. And I'm going to probably follow the same focus, because usually when I play Pokemon games, even the newer Pokemon games, I usually consistently have the same Pokemon team that I always get. For me, like, my number one Pokemon is Garchomp, and that's mm-hmm. someone I always need to have on my team. Um, but definitely, like, for these runs and these playthroughs, I'm definitely going to try and mix up the team. And my goal, again, will be every time we meet up, I'm going to try and beat you guys in the battles, especially Sean here, the Pokemon Master. And let me just add, no one will beat me. After Viridian City, uh, I went into Viridian Forest, which this is the one uh, advantage that I have, is that there's a lot of bug Pokemon in Viridian Forest, and my Char-Char had learned Ember at that point. Made my life very easy. And not to mention, I can run into Metapods in my game, which can't attack me, which are nice evolved Pokemon at level 5 and 6 that give it a lot of experience. So I went through, I breezed through... Viridian Forest. I thought it was kind of clever. There's a couple signs that tell you to get antidotes, which is smart because you're going to run into those Weedles that poison you. I also made one point in Viridian Forest to pick up a Pikachu because there's a 10% encounter rate of Pikachu in Viridian Forest. And I'm not going to use it because I've used Pikachu on my team 10,000 times, but I did catch a Pikachu, named it Pika. It will be going into my box, but that was the one thing I had to do in Viridian Forest. Might I add, I did the same exact thing that Chris just said, but it wasn't by choice. I, the way also I play these Pokemon games, like I said, I add the Pokemon I want, but I don't go out of my way to encounter them. I had already cleared Viridian Forest, and so I was going back down to do the rival fight because I wanted to clear everything before I went back to the Route 22 rival fight. And I was on the way going back where I encountered a Pikachu, and I'm like, I have to catch Pikachu. <laughs> That's the only place you can catch a Pikachu in the entire game. So I knew it was worth it. I named it Pika. I put it in my oh. box. We will never talk about it for the rest of this run. <laughs> Two Pikas. Now realizing that three of us do have Pikachu, we do have to talk about his sprite. Starting off, like, Chris, what did you think? Pikachu's gone on a diet recently. I don't know what you guys think. Honestly... Pikachu was big and beautiful, and I love it. For me, just from him being my starring Pokemon, it was a sight to to get used to. Because I don't remember, again, it's been a while since I played Pokemon Yellow, so playing the new Pokemon games, he's nice, lean, and fit, but in the old ones, he <laughs> was a little chunky. You know, maybe Pikachu liked a dessert or two back in the older gens, you know? Why we gotta hate him for that? Generation 1 is definitely going to have a lot of sprites that look very weird and different. And a small backstory here, I don't know if you guys know this, but in Japan, they released Pokemon Red and Green before they released Pokemon Red and Blue. And those actually have different sprites than even what we are playing in this game here. These are a little updated and look a teeny bit closer to uh, what we know today. And Dustin, actually, you have even more unique sprites in Pokemon Yellow. Yours actually look pretty close to the anime. 
but Sean and I, we're going to have some sprites that look totally weird. Like, just to spoil one, I think Coughing has its Skull and Crossbone logo. I think it's at the bottom of Coughing instead of at the top because the stuff was not standard back then. So it's going to be a lot of fun finding these Gen 1 sprites. Which goes into my next point, what I want to mention. One note that I specifically wrote in all caps as I was going through Viridian Forest was, Kakuna had arms? Question mark. Because Kakuna had arms in Gen 1. Ladies and gentlemen, you're hearing it here today. It very much shook me. Kakuna did have arms, and I didn't note that, but you're totally right. That's quite jarring that uh, it looked a little bit more terrifying back then. Oh, man, I did not encounter Kakuna, so I'm glad I was saved from that encounter. Well, for me, for the Varian Forest, it did bring back memories from when I was a kid playing, because I remember as a kid, for some reason, I got lost in this forest. And, like, I just didn't know where the exit was, so, like, I think I got to max level Pokemon to the point that, like, they couldn't, like, understand my moves anymore when I met the first gym when I was a kid. But, like, now when I'm playing back, it was literally just, you just follow it. There's not a real maze at all. So I thought that was really interesting. That's something I can commend Gen 1 with as well, is that there's a bunch of different little, whether you want to call them caves or dungeons. We went through Viridian Forest already. After this, we'll be going through Mount Moon. And I know that's a huge criticism of the newer games. It's like, where are the fun, interesting locations? Viridian Forest is iconic. We all remember it. Same with Mount Moon. And then also to comment just on the metapods, encountering them too. I know, like, Chris says, easy ember. For me, I want to try and experience, like, level up my Pokemon before Brock, and I hated the move Harden, because it would take forever for me to kill these metapods. So after, like, doing it twice, I was like, alright, no more. If I saw a metapod, I was running away. Yeah, I, I have a Charmander that knows Ember, which is a special move, so Harden does nothing. I will, um, which is something that I should have mentioned earlier, but it was at specifically my Route 22 encounters when I realized Gen 1 Pokemon don't have abilities. Yes. Because I noticed with the, the Nidoran female that I caught, it didn't have the Poison Point ability, which I always thought was super, like, a great ability for starting off. And so um, just going throughout this game, just realizing, oh, everything I've learned from these newer Pokemon generations, I need to just completely wipe from my brain because they didn't exist at this time. I thought it was just very interesting. You know, it, it caught me off guard realizing, because I, I felt like I, I did a brain reset for most things, but I didn't do that on Pokemon abilities. Yes. Remember, if you use any Pokemon that normally has Levitate, it will be affected by ground moves. <laughs> Moving on to our third city, we move into Pewter City here. This is the first city with a gym leader. It's got the Science Museum. I naturally took some time to go to the Science Museum, which doesn't do much. You can view a couple fossil Pokemon. Uh, they don't tell you what they are, but they look really cool. And I actually did find one interesting NPC there, which I've never caught in my life, where she said... Oh yeah, July 20th, 1969, we landed on the moon. And I said, what? Like, there's a reference to the real human life moon landing? I noticed that as well, and I thought that was super awesome, because I don't think I could name any other Pokemon game that makes a reference to a real life event. Yeah, they're just... Obviously, Pokemon wasn't as big as it was back then, so today you probably they want to do world building, but back then they would just do whatever they wanted, I guess, and they mentioned the the moon landing, which I thought was just so 
so clever and so uh, unique to the first generation of Pokemon. Other than that, I went in a couple houses in Pewter City. Oh, I forgot. In the Pokemon Center, there is a Jigglypuff there. Did any of you guys speak to the Jigglypuff? Yes, it starts singing, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. I totally missed that. Again, like with my playthrough, you know, to match those timelines, as soon as I got into Pewter City, I knew what I was doing. I was going in there to defeat Brock himself, the first gym leader. Well, there's not a lot else you can do in Pewter City, because if you try and leave, they're going to walk you right back to the gym. So let's just jump into it then, our gym leader experiences. I I want you guys to talk about it first, because I had Charmander, which was quite difficult. Dustin, I know you had Pikachu, which is not an easy start for Brock. But Sean... How was your Brock experience? Because I will definitely have the easiest encounter here from uh, just starting off with starting Pokemon. So I went to the gym. I believe by this time I went to Pure City. I went back to the um, the rival fight in Route 22. And I wanted to train because at this time I had my um, Squirtle was already level 11. But the rest of my Pokemon, I don't remember what level they were, but I just decided I wanted them all level 11 before I went to the gym, knowing full well not a single other Pokemon other than Squirtle was going to participate in this gym. But so anyways, I got my um, Sparrow and my Nidoran female up to level 11, and I decided to go into the gym, which another note on the Pokemon sprites was the first, um, I don't know if you guys fought the first trainer going to the gym, but I always like to fully complete the gym. And the first trainer had a sand shrew that really looked like a shrew because in the newer generation, sand shrew looks like his own little adorable sand, I don't know, it doesn't look like a shrew. But in these these older generations, it really looked like a shrew is um, all that I noted. But anyways, going back into the um, Brock fight, if you guys want to know quite literally what happened, is I threw out Squirtle and I used Bubble three times and the gym was over. And that is my experience. Must be nice. Yeah. So now talking about my experience in the first Brock gym, I do realize I wrote a note here where I did actually complete it within one hour. So I was really speedrunning it, I guess, in this case, compared to the two of you. But that being the case, so I did come up against Brock's first trainer inside there, and I did face him. And, of course, I have Mankey, and I knew he can get flying-type moves. At the time that I found him, though, he did not have a flying-type move. So I was, like, really panicking. But luckily, I was able to beat that trainer, and he did learn low kick after the trainer. So he got to level 9, so I was like, thank god. So moving on to Brock. I sent Mackie out, and we're fine against Geodude. Using low kick, low kick, kill Geodude, which is good. But then Onyx comes out. He kills my Mankey. I'm like, uh-oh, what do I do? Currently, I also have a Pikachu and a Pidgey and a Caterpie. My Pikachu only have Thunder-type moves, which don't affect Rock. So what I did end up doing was I sent out my Pidgey, which was my highest level Pokemon at the time, level 11. And he only knew Gust and Sand Attack. So I sent out one Gus, realized it did nothing, and that he was going to kill my Pidgey, which was now basically my highest level Pokemon that could deal down shit. So I ended up just sending Sand Attack until my Pidgey died. And it was all up to my now level 6 Caterpie against this guy's Onyx, and Caterpie took him out with Tackle. 
So that is how I beat my Brock. Caterpie OP. I'm actually so shocked with, with how high of a defense stat that Onyx has. The fact you took it out with the Caterpie. That should be the highlight of the year for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and my experience was I had Charmander and I had Rattata. So Onyx has a massive defense stat. Like, incredibly high. It's special stats, not so high. So I knew I had to go into this using only Ember because that's the special move that I have. So I believe I threw out Char-Char at the very beginning and took down Geodude pretty easily. He's not that strong of a Pokemon using Ember. Uh, when Onyx came out, I tried doing a couple strategies. Uh, I used Growl on it a bunch of times to lower its attack. I was switching out to my fake Pokemon, like my Nidoran male. And started using Leer a bunch. And I actually lowered its defense six times. And thought, okay, that way I can see if a physical move is better. Or if a special move is better. Uh, after doing all of that. After lowering its attack a couple stages. And its defense fully. Throughout my Charmander. Use Scratch. It did absolutely nothing still. That's how crazy Onyx's defense is. But at that point, its attack was too low, so I just kept using Ember. It's not very effective against Onyx, but like I said, with the special stat being so low for Onyx, I was able to get through it quick enough before it could uh, defeat me. So uh, it needed a little bit of a switch out right there, a couple dummy Pokemon. We're not nuzlocking this, I'll let some Pokemon die here, so... Uh, that was that was my strategy there. It ended up working. I completed Brock on my first try, but that was with a level 14 Charmander by the end and a level 11 Rattata and some minor Pokemon that were about level 5 that I just sacrificed. So I was going to ask because by the end of my gym run, I said I entered with all three of my Pokemon level 11 and then just by Squirtle being the monster he is... He ended the gym at level 13, and my other Pokemon still level 11 because they didn't get any use. But I was going to ask everyone else, do you guys know what level your Pokemon were at the end of the gym? Because eventually, we will be fighting each other, which I will win. But I just want to ask. I guess I answered mine right there. I had I really only had two real Pokemon. My, my 11 Rattata and my 14 Charmander. And for me, I had a Pidgey level 11, Mankey level 9, Pikachu level 9, Caterpie level 6, and just in case, I did have a female Nidoran at level 2 in case it had to come out to clutch it. Alright, so we all had a good experience with our first gym leader. I guess our next section, it's going to be a big one, guys. You have to leave Pewter City, go through Route 3, Mount Moon, Route 4... Get to Cerulean City, and then if you want, you can tackle the gym leader immediately, or you could cross Nugget Bridge, and then go to Route 24, and even Route 25. So it looks like we're going to be a little busy here. I know for a fact, I am not excited for this gym leader, because Charmander cannot beat the first two gym leaders. I have to go up against a water gym leader now, which is totally unfair. Dustin, you might have it a little easier with your Pikachu. Sean will be very curious to see what you do again. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what the future has for us. But I'm very excited to continue this journey with my friends. And I'm very excited to beat them when they challenge me at the end of each gym, which I'm sure that section will be added later when everyone could see me beating them. 
I am looking forward to our battle too. Hopefully Cowrapy can also get some knockouts this time around, but I'm excited to actually fight a gym that Pikachu can be used in. You're telling me that your Caterpie is going to knock around my Tatas? We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> Dustin's been waiting to answer that question. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, thank you again for going through this journey with me, and uh, I can't wait until we fight Misty. Misty.